I want to ask you, have any of you ever um, seen or had a red carpet rolled out for you? Have you ever had a red carpet? You've been, you were the star of the show that day? Yeah? Have you had that done? Yeah, okay. I, I, I've got somebody over here saying yes. I'm not sure. I think she's given me the, the hard time. Have you ever seen the red carpet rolled out for anybody? Have, have you ever seen that? Where do you see that? You, movie stars? Why do we roll it out for movie stars? That seems silly. <laughs> but, but, but there are royalty, somebody said. I heard that, yes. Um, any, any other place you see red carpet rolled out? A Santa has a red carpet? I, I, I'm not familiar with the red carpet for Santa. <laughs> um, tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> no? There's no more to say. Always... Oh, he's got a red, he's got a red carpet that's, they, it was installed. So he's permanently a big deal. I was thinking also airports. Have you ever seen one in an airport at the base of like the president's plane that they come down, they roll a carpet out? Yeah. So that's sort of the topic. Uh, it's, uh, there's, there's the biblical form of the red carpet is in our text today. I just want to talk to you a little bit though before we get there that when you see a red carpet, you think it's for whom? Who, who's a red carpet for? Somebody special. The big deal, right? Whoever the big deal is. Let's go into the text, and we'll talk about it as we go. This is Isaiah 35 is the text today. Um, Jesus quotes this text, and we'll talk about that as well. Here it is. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. What's the crocus do? What's the crocus in our, in our tradition? What do we see first in spring? It's the, so so um, I think this is really amazing. I don't know um, how, how it works in deserts other than that I was from one. And, and I'm from one, and, and it is really pretty for about a week every spring. And then it turns brown again after the purple and the yellow and the green disappear. But crocuses are these, they, they come up, and they, they need a lot of water, and they don't last very long, but they are a signal of a beginning, aren't they? And it shall blossom abundantly, that's the desert, and rejoice with joy and singing the glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, and the majesty of Carmel and Sharon, those are mountains, they shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong and fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with recompense of God. He will come and save you. We talked about the words vengeance and recompense last week. Then, here's the big deal. The eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf, deaf unstopped. Shall the lame man walk and leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy? We had some of that this morning in the children's program. Some kids were reading that had never read before they came to America. So amazing. The burning, for waters will... Uh, will, the tongue of the mute will sing for joy for waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of 
and the thirsty ground will spring of water. In the haunt of jackals where they lie down, the grass shall become reeds and rushes, and a highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. There's your red carpet, a highway of the Lord. John the Baptist speaks of this in uh, early Mark when he says, prepare the way of the Lord, and he uses this ancient king language, which meant that you could that you'd fill in the valleys and level the hills because the king was coming and the king should come on a brand new highway that nobody had ever walked before. The red carpet. That's what he's saying about Jesus when he says, prepare the way of the Lord. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall be long. Now this is the astounding part. I want to I point this out. You should get your ears on for something amazing because we just said this is the way of holiness It belongs to those who walk on the way. Even if they're fools, they shall not go astray. Who's walking on the way? Let's, let's, Let's get into that just a little bit. What's the most amazing part that's different about Jesus from all the other so called gods of the of the old days? So we, we have in modern motion pictures now, we have Thor every so often shows up in uh, Marvel comics things. And what does he do? He comes in and he fights and he saves the day or whatever he does. Or unless you're in the Infinity War, he just lost like everybody else did. But all the gods of the ancient days all did that. They all came in and, and they fought the battle, but they did it. What, what did the people that they were fighting the battle for do? They were just an audience. Just an audience. That's the way the, the ancient world sort of built into the thing. The great people, the great ones do things, and everybody else just sort of watches. But that is not the way of the Bible. That is not the way that Jesus goes like this. So I'm going to get into this just a little bit. I need to switch to Matthew 11. In Matthew 11, Jesus has been doing a bunch of stuff, but in Matthew 10, just before where I'm going to read, he had sent 72 of his disciples out to do what? Share the gospel, but it's not just share the gospel, to do the work, and they, they healed the lame. They, they, let's use the language, they gave sight to the blind, they gave ears to the, hearing to the deaf, and they loosened, they loosened all those things. They did the mighty deeds or the miracles of all the old ones. It wasn't Jesus doing it. It was his disciples. And right in the, at the end of that, it goes like this. John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard all about the things the Messiah was doing. But the previous text is about his disciples doing it. And so he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the Messiah we've been expecting or should we keep looking for someone else? And Jesus tells him, and he quotes from our text that I read earlier, go back and tell John and tell him what you have seen and heard. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cured, the deaf ear, the dead are raised, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And tell him, God blesses those who do not turn away because of me. Right in the midst of this story, we have mighty deeds or miracles being done. We have the 
the the deaf hearing and and the blind seeing and the mute speaking and and the lame walking. But it wasn't always only Jesus, the mighty one, doing the work. It was also his people. He's so much different than the ancient heroes of old that he does this. He makes a way for his disciples to join in and do the work too. We're not called in Jesus' story to be an audience. We're called to be participants in the story. Not only, as we've been talking the last couple weeks, two weeks ago I asked you one question and I had you raise your hand and it was this question. Have you seen God at work in your life and you're happy about it? What happens when you see God at work in your life and you're happy about it? Do you, do you keep that all to yourself? You just go off in your corner and I'm not telling nobody. This is my little... No, you tell people. Do you know what you've just done? You have stopped being an audience for the work and started being a participant in the work of God because you're a witness. But there's more than that. Last week, not two weeks ago, two weeks ago we talked about God doing something in your life and you're happy about it. Last week we talked about what happens when God's doing something in your life and you might not actually like it so much or you're not as excited about it. Any of you have any of those experiences in your life where God's doing something and it's not as much fun as you hoped it would be? I've had that. I got to t- I'm going to tell a story today because last week we had that sermon I was talking about the love of God is so great that he moves into us in these difficult spots. Well, one of our ladies, one of our ladies in Buena Vista called and asked for me to come over. She had to talk to me. She was having this crisis of faith. And then when I got there, she had said that she had, after a lifetime of faith, had never experienced that overwhelming love of God in her life. She knew God loved her. She knew the song, Jesus Loves Me. She knew all that, but she never had it so apparent that no matter what happened, it was just this overwhelming sense of love. And as she was crying out to God, it's one of the things she does. She has this marvelous prayer life as she quotes scripture, just amazing in her prayers. And she was overwhelmed and she started crying. And, and as the crying started happening and she sobbed, she said she sobbed, she felt God's love just pour in her. And she said, I've been rebaptized in God's love this week. That God had been doing this week at work in me and I had not really liked it. And it wasn't any fun, but it is so good. I got to hear that this week, that after last week, after I challenged you to recognize that God's working in your life, even if it's not fun for you, not to be provincial about that as well, not to think that just because God's working in your life doesn't mean he's working anywhere else. Or if you look in our church and you say, well, God's working in our church, but that's the only place he's working. Let's not be provincial about that. If he's working in me and he's working in this church, it's likely that he's working in other churches and in other people's lives all over the world. And if that's the case, then God is at work. And I feel like I need to say this. And if he's at work in your life, let the redeemed say so. Because as soon as you do, you stop becoming an audience and you start becoming a participant, not just 
in the work of God in your life where you recognize it and ascribe it to God, but you start talking about it. And what does Jesus say? The lame walk, the lepers are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is being preached. Should I go to Paul who says, how will they believe if they have not heard and how will they hear if, it hasn't been, if, if somebody hasn't told them and how will somebody tell them if that person hasn't been sent? That we are called specifically not just to, to believe and follow Jesus around and go, wow, he's awesome. We're, around, we're called specifically to recognize that work in our lives and to start to say, hey, that Jesus, he's done good things for me. He loves you. And we participate in the preaching of the good news. But sometimes we participate in the healing of others. Now, not always healing just because they need healing in their relationships and we need to seek forgiveness and all that, but sometimes we're agents of actual healing in people's lives because God isn't a God. He's an astounding God. It's not enough that he heals. He heals in such a way that he invites us to join and do that work too. It would be enough if he did it, wouldn't it? That it wouldn't be enough if God did it. But then he says, come, join me in this work and be part of the work that I'm doing. And, and so what literally happens is the red carpet that's always for the greatest and the brightest in our world is rolled out for us. And even those of us, the least and the not brightest, or let, let, me, let me go back to the text here and what it says. I, I like the text when it said this. Even if they are fools. Now, I want you to know that this is not actually saying that you are fools. But even if you are fools, they shall not go astray. There's a highway in the desert where there didn't used to be a desert. There was no track, right, in the trackless wasteland. Now there's a highway, and it's not for the best and the brightest. It's not for God only. It's for all of his people. The red carpet has been rolled out, not for God. What's so astounding is, is that we would certainly do that and we would be excited about God's presence, but he rolls out the red carpet for us. That's astounding. Do you realize how different that is than the story that the rest of the world tells that creates myths around things? Well, myths, you know, if we tell stories, myths, all the gods of the ancient world, they created the universe and the people just sort of sat there and said, well, we get this because they did that. The days, the days happened in the Egyptian calendar because Ra went down and 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 defeated the chaos monster every night. They didn't have any part in it. There was no participation required. And suddenly the world, the humans, are turned into an audience in all those little myth-making stories. But not in this story. You're not the audience. The worship team is not the worshipers. This worship team that sings, do you know what they're doing? They're leading the choir. Is that correct? You're leading the choir. Who's the choir? It's not true that the church doesn't have a choir anymore. It's truth. 
truth that the church is the choir. Has God done stuff in your life? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. This is mercy beyond what you might imagine. Because you might think that your healing was for you, and you're right. When you're healed, when God does a work in your life, it is for you. And then you come in and say, the cancer's gone. And it's not just for you. It's so that others will know this God and come. And you're participating in the work of God. Let's roll out the red carpet in our hearts the way that John said we should. But this is the Christmas season, right? That we are waiting for the full fulfillment. And in the meantime, the quote that comes to mind in my life is this. Life in the world is a lot like an emergency room. And those of us who are more or less in better shape take the tenderest possible care of those who are in worse shape until the healer comes. That's what the series, that's what, that's what Advent is about. That we would be able to participate in the care of others because the healer has done great things for us and will do great things for them. Our God is truly an awesome God. But it's astounding that he would invite us to participate and join in the work. That's the new thing that God is doing in the world. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we, we thank you so for the work that you've done. Give us a mouth to speak, eyes to see what's been done. And blessed are we if we don't stumble on account of him. In your precious name, Lord, amen.